This is History Potpourri, a podcast devoted to an assortment of historical topics by world history students. Over the course of human history, many revolutionary firearms have come and gone and completely changed the game in warfare. Weapons such as the bow and arrow, the Maxim gun, and the Kalashnikov platform have made warfare unrecognizable from what it was before their debut on battlefields across the world. And today, we are going to go in detail on one of these legendary firearms. My name is Henry, and today, we will together go over one of these legend of small arms, the Mauser rifle. The start of the development of the Mauser rifle began in 1871. It was around this time that many crazy advances in small arms technology were happening including none other than the Winchester Repeating Rifle. This was the rifle that allowed the Native Americans to win the day at Little Bighorn, as their adversaries were armed with single-shot Springfield trapdoor rifles. It was also around this time when the brothers Peter Paul and Wilhelm Mauser devised their first proper bolt-action rifle by the modern definition. This new rifle had all kinds of new features that would go on to be included in later bolt-action designs, including a cock-on-open mechanism, which allowed the rifle to chamber around and be cocked all in one motion, increasing the rate of fire significantly. It was also Germany's first rifle to use metallic cartridges, namely 11 by 60 millimeter rimmed black powder ones with more than enough stopping power to end the threat. And not only that, but later variants would go on to be equipped with tubular magazines able to hold eight rounds, making it Germany's first repeating rifle. The new model 1871 and its repeating brother the 1871-84 served the newfangled German Empire well, helping it to conquer swathes of Africa during the late 19th century. But then, in 1886, something crazy would happen that would make the Mauser brothers' brainchild obsolete. What happened in 1886? Well, the French just so happened to begin fielding their brand spanking new LaBelle rifle. And when I say this rifle was absolutely insane, I mean it. This new rifle, with the help of its new smokeless powder cartridge, allowed it to hit targets at twice the range, with twice the accuracy of any other rifle at the time, with a smaller, lighter cartridge that was still more lethal than the black powder cartridges available at the time. It would be like if China began using railguns today. In response to this, nations across Europe would begin to create their own bolt-action smokeless powder rifles. But it was Germany and the Mauser brothers who would go on to develop the next it girl among European small arms. From here, Mauser kept improving, developing innovations such as the stripper clip and the rimless 7.65 by 53mm cartridge. And this, paired with a reliable and smooth action, gave Mauser a winning formula for a great rifle. One that would win him contracts with many countries across the world, creating the Argentinian, Belgian, Turkish, Swedish, Chilean, and the venerable Spanish Mauser which was used to great effect against the Americans at San Juan Hill. It was now 1898, and coming off the backs of many lucrative contracts with many countries across the world, the Mauser brothers were ready to take back the mantles of Germany's standard issue rifle, and they would do it with their newly completed Gewehr 98. This new rifle, in the words of Ian Hogg, one of the greatest firearm historians of all time, was Mauser's masterpiece. And it certainly deserves that moniker, as Mauser pulled out all the stops and threw everything he could at making this rifle the best rifle he could make. A redesigned five-round box magazine, a notch designed to receive stripper clips, and better metallurgy were some of the improvements to the original Mauser formula, but it was the action that Mauser focused most of his energy on. Improvements he made to the action include reinforced locking lugs, 
and a reinforced extractor, and a port which redirects hot gases away from the user in the event of a ruptured cartridge. These made Mauser's action both smoother than butter and utterly bomb-proof. This, paired with the hard-hitting and accurate 7.92x57 Mauser cartridge, created what many consider to be the perfect bolt-action rifle. From here, powers across the world took notice of Mauser's new invention, and either put orders in by the thousands or produced variants and derivatives of their own, among them being the American 1903 Springfield, the rifle that the Americans brought with them during World War I. The Mauser rifle was just that darn good, and it is still so darn good that modern sniper rifles, such as the Remington 700, the Arctic Warfare series, and the Shytek Intervention, yes, that one, all use the Mauser action. But are these accolades really founded in fact? This question would be answered in 1914, when the first hostilities between the European powers would kick off the First World War. This was the Mauser's rifle's first test and it faced very stiff competition. Let's discuss this competition, shall we? The Mauser's first competition was the Russian Mosin-Nagant rifle, and these two rivals had quite a lot in common. Both were bolt-action rifles, both held five rounds, and both had accurate flat-shooting cartridges, with the Mosin firing the venerable 762x54R round, which is still in use today. But where the Mosin fell short was in its action. The Mosin action is more complex than the Mauser, making it sticky, and harder to cycle. This served to reduce the rate of fire of the rifle, reducing the combat effectiveness of Russian troops. Not only that, but the Mosin was slower to reload due to a lack of a stripper clip receptacle. Because of this, the Mosin, although adequate, would not be able to keep up with the highly advanced Mausers in the Germans. The Mausers' next competition would be our old friend, the French Lebel, which was now very much obsolete as reloading the data to magazine and bolt cycling was slow making what was formerly the best rifle the world had ever seen into probably the worst rifle of the entire war. Over the course of the war, the Mauser rifle was the creme de la creme of standard issue rifles, but its dominance was not without question. There was one rifle that stood a chance of fighting against and even being better than the Mauser rifle, toe-to-toe, the Lee Enfield. Now what made the Lee Enfield such a good rifle? For starters, this is the gun that is well known for the so-called bad minute. 30 well-aimed shots at a target 200 yards out and under one minute, with at least 15 hits on said target. This, combined with double the magazine capacity of the Mauser at 10 rounds, and the Lee Enfield ends up with a vastly superior rate of fire to the Mauser rifle. A good example of this was at Mons in 1914. At the Battle of Mons, the attacking Germans were reporting machine gun fire, even though the British did not have any machine guns there. This was because of the Mad Minute and the Lee Enfield's high rate of fire. And we know from Little Bighorn what happens when the enemy has the better rate of fire. Slaughter. The Battle of Mons, although a German victory, was pulled off at the price of heavy casualties, with close to 5,000 Germans killed in action during the battle, whereas the British only lost 1,000. But even the mighty Lee Enfield fell short in one key area. Ballistics. The 303 British cartridge it fires, unlike the 7.92x57mm Mauser cartridge that the Mausers fired, and that cartridge's contemporaries, tended to begin dropping very quickly. In short, the 303 British was slow and not very flat shooting, compromising greatly on accuracy and range compared to the Mauser and its derivatives. Indeed, 
The only cartridge that was more accurate than the 7.92 was the American 30-06 Springfield 1903 used, which, as we know, is a Mauser-derived rifle. All in all, the Mauser was, among all the rifles of the era and to this day remains, the complete package. It was ergonomic and easy to carry, it had a cartridge that could hit targets at long ranges, and it had an action that would take said cartridge and allowed it to go bang every time you pulled the trigger. And when all of these are paired up with each other, you get the perfect rifle. Sure, other rifles do use from time to time the Lee Enfield action, and others still that of the Mosin, but it was the Mauser rifle that gave birth to the modern bolt action rifle we see in use today. This information comes courtesy of the National Interest, the Firearm Blog, and the Mitchell's Mausers, all sites dedicated to informing and educating people about firearms from the past and present. Thank you for listening to this episode of History Potpourri. If you like this episode, be sure to look around for more episodes and subscribe to the podcast. Have a great day.